With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of Unformidable, uh, where we take a look back at the wild and wacky and the less heralded myths that make up uh, our beloved franchise's quirky, bizarre tapestry. Uh, as I like to say, every player who plays for the Mets is in their own way unformidable. And that tapestry is uh, certainly feeling tattered and dirty today uh these days that's for sure it's definitely a dark dark time in uh met's world but you know that's pretty standard isn't it uh you know people people see me with my hat and they're like oh, i don't know how you root for that team and i'm like what, what like you think this is just today come on this is uh this is, i deal with this i've been dealing with this since 1979 so you know shut up but i thought i'd actually go against type a bit, and or my type, and try to be slightly positive. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I've been trying to uh, hit on some players that have been suggested to me uh, online and in the comments on the podcast. Um, so again, uh, this one was, I thought was a tad prominent. Uh, then again, I'm starting to think anything like pre-2000 uh, probably shouldn't be considered prominent. Uh, I mean, probably aren't there many people much older than me listening to podcasts anyway, right? Uh, so uh, this is another uh, suggestion that I got 
uh, for someone to cover who I think was a very beloved Met in his time and still conjures up warm memories for Met fans. I thought that would go a little positive and, and look at a, a nice player from a, you know, who some from some successful and cite some successful uh, years in Mets history, uh, you know, and remember that as bad as this year is looking right now, things can turn around. Uh, and we're going to look at a player from the uh, 73, you gotta believe Mets and other solid years, uh, one Felix Mion. Felix Mion, who is known as Kitten, uh, or in his homeland of Puerto Rico, El Gatito, uh, which eventually was, a, you know, adapted to the English moniker The Cat, uh, I assume for Felix the Cat. Uh, again, for all you young listeners out there, a uh, less successful, uh, less commonly known these days cartoon cat. Uh, sorry if you already know that. But Felix was born in El Cerro de Carvario, Puerto Rico, in uh, 1943. Uh, third of 11 children, uh, grew up quite poor, uh, taking jobs as a young boy, shining shoes, uh, picking grass to assist his family, um, and of course playing a lot of baseball. Um, after a stint in the U.S. Army from 1960 to 1962, uh, Mion continued trying to chase that baseball dream and was signed by a scout for the Kansas City Athletics out of Puerto Rico and 1964, uh, where he was spotted playing first base, uh, believe it or not, uh, but uh, he was quickly thereafter in the minors, uh, switched to the position that would come to define him, uh, second base, where, you know, Mian obviously, uh, if, if you don't know him at all, was very much known as a defensive wizard and, uh, you know, the quintessential slap hitting, you know, probably outdated in today's game, uh, middle infielder. Uh, of course, was known more than it, also known for his prominent, the, the prominent choking up on the bat that he did. Anyway, after a year in the athletic system, uh, Mion was uh, drafted by the then Milwaukee Braves uh, in November of that offseason, uh, where he worked his way up through the minor league system. Uh, and he always uh, apparently gave great credit to one of his minor league managers, Hub Kittle, for being the one to encourage him to uh, begin choking up on the bat. Uh, he soon became a perennial 300 hitter in the minors and worked his way up to join the Braves. Last time I'll use that name, but uh, the town uh, kind of forced me into it. Uh, but he joined the team in 1966 in the club's first season in Atlanta. Upon arriving in Atlanta, apparently one of the first people to greet Mion and in welcome into the team was one you may have heard of, a Mr. Henry Aaron, uh, who would eventually became uh, become Mion's roommate uh, during his years with Atlanta, uh, which I didn't know and I thought was very cool. Um, anyway, during with the Braves, he was <clears throat> up and down uh, in the minors, minors to the majors in '66 and '67. Uh, but came up to stay in 1968 when he hit 289, which, believe it or not, was 11th in the league in uh, that notorious year of the pitcher that was 1968. Um, and, you know, when Gibson with his 1.12 ERA, I guess 289 looks pretty impressive all of a sudden. Um, then he really, so he really established himself that year and from 1969 to 1972 as a mainstay in Atlanta. Uh, winning two gold gloves, 
69 and 72. Uh, 69 uh, was probably his best season as a major leaguer, although he had some really impressed, really nice years with the Mets that we'll discuss. Uh, but he hit his career high six home runs, 57 RBIs in 1969, uh, 14 of 17 on stolen bases. And as mentioned, he was always known for his smooth defense and his great range. And he led National League second baseman with uh, 373 putouts and 444 assists um, in 1969. So he was a leader uh, or, you know, a prominent player on the 1969 Atlanta team that was favored to advance to the World Series in 1969. And Mion did his part in the first ever National League Championship Series, hitting 333, but it was not enough as the Braves fell to a certain team of destiny in the 1969 NLCS. Um, anyway, he continued to be a solid member of Atlanta, uh, but after the 1972 season, uh, the franchise felt they badly needed pitching, so they packaged Felix the Cat and George Stone for Gary Gentry and Danny Frisella, and Felix uh, fulfilled his manifest destiny and became a New York Met. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Felix Mion came to the Met franchise desperate to recapture that 1969 magic. Um, And, of course, early in the 1973 season, it looked like that just wasn't going to happen. But uh, this uh, second baseman, this this second base glove wizard, uh, proved to be a really nice addition right off the bat. Uh, Mion looks like a rock in the middle of the infield, uh, and uh, had a great season in 73. I uh, was the National League Player of the Week uh, mid-June one week with a batting average of 533. And of course, those, you gotta believe, Mets uh, won 24 of their last 33, and their paltry 82 wins uh, squeaked them into the top spot of the National League East. Uh, National League East this year isn't quite as excellent as everyone thought it might be, uh, the, Philly, the Phillies and the Braves going as they are. I don't know if 82 is quite going to do it, but, you know, maybe you got to believe, uh, hard as that is right now. But uh, back, back to Felix the Cat. Um, um, Mion led that team, that 73 team, in a host of categories. Games played, uh, which he did often. Uh, run scored, 82, uh, 185 hits, which uh, at that point in time was the Met season record. Um, and so forth, um, but, um, 
by the end of that season, uh, he was uh, at the end of that season. He was also the toughest player to strike out in the National League. Uh, Twenty-two strikeouts in six hundred thirty-eight at bats, which is kind of insane. Uh, and now, granted, it's a different uh, baseball world. You know, this is still a world where Phil Rizzuto could win a fucking MVP. But uh, uh, Mian, with his three homers, thirty-seven RBIs, and six eighty-five OPS, was voted that seventy-three team's most valuable player by New York sports writers, uh, and they weren't the only ones. He actually was 16th in the NL MVP voting that year, uh, although the national writers w- recognized the uh, relative val- valuability of Tom Seaver more. He was 8th that year, and a year that Pete Rose won the MVP. Uh, Mion picked up enough votes to place 16th, uh, but... The Mion's Mets would beat Pete Rose where it counted uh, in the NLCS, just like uh, just like uh, Buddy Harrelson beat Pete Rose literally in that series. Actually, I don't I don't really remember the outcome of that brawl. I have an odd feeling, but I might not have been able to take Pete. I'll have to YouTube that later. Uh, but uh, Mion hit 316 in that NLCS uh, to send the Mets to the World Series. Uh, I mean, not by himself, but. You know what I mean. Uh, however, uh, the World Series didn't go as well for Felix. Uh, he made a really uh, crucial error in Game 1 of the World Series in the third inning on a relatively routine ground ball by Burke Campanaris uh, that led to both Oakland runs scoring in that inning and what turned into a 2-1 loss for the Mets. The lesson, as always, if you're going to make a brutal error in the World Series, do it early in the series. Everyone forgets. Just ask Tim Tuffle. Then, like a lot of people who've, uh, you know, made those crucial World Series errors, uh, I didn't even, you know, maybe that's virtue of my age, but I didn't really know or remember that about Felix Mian. And again, he, he seems very well and warmly remembered. Uh, the team wouldn't make the playoffs again during Mian's tenure, but again, he continued to be uh, quite quite the rock at second base. Uh, he was the first Met to ever play in all 162 games in 1975, uh, a record that wouldn't be matched until John Olerud did it in 1999. And you can only match... Actually, no, jo- John Olerud could have broken that record in 1999 because we played 163 that year. Um, wonder what game he set out, lazy bastard. Now, I, I, lo- I love John Olerud so much. But perhaps it's nice that uh, that he and Felix are actually side by side in the in the record book in that one. Uh, Mian set a lot of a lot of records that year uh, that since have fallen uh, since '75. But uh, at the time, they were Met team records of 676 at bats, 191 hits, and 37 doubles. And while I hate to hell that this is going to be the second straight podcast that I mention the name Joe Torre. Uh, one of the more famous uh, stories, I, th- I think, involving Felix Mion is that uh, in uh, on July 21st, 1975, against the Houston Astros, uh, Mion uh, went four for four. Well, he had four singles. I, I don't know if he had more than four at-bats. And uh, uh, Torrey immediately followed with four double-play ground-outs, uh, setting a National League record for double plays in a game. And, uh, you know, in his... And that graciousness that made him so beloved, and as a Yankee manager, and makes me hate him. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Tori did uh, say afterwards that he'd like to thank Felix Mion for making all of it possible. <laughs> well played, Joe Tori. Anyway, it looked like Mion would really be a, a rock 
for the Met franchise, I think, for some time to come. Uh, unfortunately, his career, or his major league career, ended incredibly abruptly on August 12, 1977. In a game I, I learned in researching the pod, he didn't even start. He actually came on as a defensive replacement in the sixth inning of the second game of a doubleheader. Uh, and uh, when Ed Ott uh, tried to break up a double play very roughly uh, on a Mario Mendoza ground ball. I wonder if he was batting under 200 at the time. Certainly hope so. Uh, but anyway, Ed Ott, uh, I, I guess, uh, knocked down Mion very abruptly, uh, and he fell to the ground, uh, you know, and where I saw it described as uh, like an NFL linebacker tackle. I'm just picturing fucking Chase Utley. Uh, I don't know Ed Ott. Let's, let's just picture Chase Utley in our, in our day and age. Uh, but uh, Mion uh, was so incensed, he came up and he punched Ott with the ball still in his fist. Um, and instead of a return, a retaliatory punch, Ott pretty much body slammed Mion into the ground, uh, inciting a bench clearing brawl. Uh, Mion wound up being carried out in a stretcher. The you know the slight 170 pound second baseman tackled by the linebacker sized Ed Ott, and Mion wound up with a uh, broken clavicle and dislocated shoulder. He had to be carried off the field on a stretcher, um, and Ott was fined $250 for that, so kind of more than Chase Utley got, right? Uh, well, in, you know, comparison. So apparently the injuries were uh, were too much for, uh, for Mion to return to Major League Baseball, uh, however, he, he did make a, kind of a secondary career playing in Japan. He played the, out there for three years, I think, at least, and uh, seemed to really enjoy his time there. Uh, for his major league career, uh, Mian, uh, I think one of the most astounding numbers I saw is that he had 6,325 plate appearances, and he struck out 242 times. Uh, so for four of his 12 seasons, he was uh, statistically the toughest batter to strike out in the uh, National League, and uh, you know, again, he'll always be remembered, I think, as an amazing glove first second baseman uh, with that incredibly exaggerated, choked up stance on the bat, uh, just like a, a quintessential uh, slap hitting middle infielder, the likes of which we'll probably never get to see and enjoy and appreciate again, unless uh, baseball makes another precipitous change in style. I've always also uh, I'd try to do some pop culture research, not as interesting as Bernard Gilkey in Men in Black. Uh, but I always, I always believed uh, Mion was probably the, or at least I had read in several places that uh, he was the inspiration for the Chico Escuela uh, character that Garrett Morris did on SNL. Uh, I tried to research that, and I've, you know, I've, I've found conflicting reports as to whether it was Felix Mion or Pepe Mangual, uh, which. You know, perhaps those were just the two Latino players on the Mets at that time, and that's why people are making those assumptions, and maybe we shouldn't talk about this anymore. Uh, I couldn't find out a ton about Mion post-career. Uh, I do know he has made appearances for the Mets. Uh, he, also, he also made appearance for Major League Baseball uh, internationally as an instructor uh, in the 80s. He worked for the Mets in Port St. Lucie in spring training, uh, and also as a Latin American coordinator in their minor league system, um, but uh, mostly just uh, that he lives in Puerto Rico and Florida. But regardless of whether he inspired any beloved variety show sketch icons, uh, 
And even though that 73 team didn't quite go all the way, uh, El Gatito, Felix the Cat, uh, just a beloved, uh, wonderful figure in the Mets tapestry. And um, just uh, it was a pleasure to uh, revisit his career a bit and share it with you all. Thank you all, as always, for listening to Unformidable. Uh, please visit AmazonAvenue.com for all kinds of Mets-related content. Uh, follow us, follow AA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find this, all of our amazing podcasts. Um, if you can subscribe, if you if you do subscribe, please leave a review. Uh, it's very helpful. Um, please uh, please send us your suggestions for this and other podcasts uh, for you know for me for players you might want to see covered and any feedback is appreciated. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRRWOLFF. Please don't forget the second F, RR. And the show is on Twitter at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go. Meet.